0: I was wearing it that afternoon to check the see-through factor of any possible clothes. Balconet bra in red lace, one of the push-up variety that lifted my tits to dizzy heights. Matching knickers, those French sort that kind of skim your bottom and look 50s pin-up style. Also in red net so that my mini was hazily visible but obscured enough to leave a bit of mystique. I didn't want to give it all away at once. As far as the outer clothes, well, I was stumped. My wardrobe had suddenly seemed entirely empty of anything hot and glamorous. I needed inspiration. So there's a cool little shop tucked away on a side street that I head to when I'm in need of something a little risque. It's called Harlot. And it sells just the kind of things that I know would get Mr Gymnasium's pulse racing. Saturday, it was buzzing. The shop floor full of people in well-groomed boho chic. As usual, there were a couple of disgruntled-looking boyfriends getting dragged around by their girlfriends, hands stuffed in pockets and vacant looks on their faces. There was one in particular that caught my eye. He was standing staring gloomily at a mannequin while his girlfriend burrowed into a rack of dresses, totally absorbed in her search for the perfect frock, and somehow, inexplicably, ignoring the man who was escorting her. This was no average boyfriend, I should add. He was a vision of cheekbones and stylishly ruffled hair, with a plain white T-shirt showing off an Adonis-like body and taut stomach. Dark, seducing brown eyes gazing at the mannequin in a way that made me gulp. He oozed lust making me think of dewy, oiled skin and throbbing muscles so that I totally lost focus for a minute and couldn't even think of what I was doing in the shop. I wanted to grab his arm and kidnap him, drag him off into a dark corner somewhere and molest him. I wanted to brush up against him, accidentally on purpose, if you know what I mean, and feel the springy muscle that rippled just below that innocent-looking white shirt. Still, I reminded myself. He was with that blithely unaware bimbo in the corner and I had an important mission to complete. I shook myself and tried to get on with finding my outfit. Ten minutes later, I'd gathered a large pile of possible items and dragged my booty into the changing rooms. Now, the changing rooms in Harlot are particularly nice. I mentioned the velvet drapes, but they also have a gilt for coco style armchairs and potted plants, so you feel like you're royalty as you enter them. Music plays over hidden speakers, usually something electro, dark and kinky to put you in the mood. The staff show you to your cubicle and disappear discreetly, leaving you plenty of space and time to dress up and check every angle in their large three-sided mirrors. I'd been taken to mine and was about to draw the curtains when I noticed that one of the Rococo chairs was occupied by the very same Adonis I had seen outside. He was stretched out langoriously in the chair, chin in his hand, and those hundred-watt, seriously dark, sexy eyes were staring right at me. Now, I'm not usually the kind of girl who goes weak at the knees every time an attractive young man gives her the glad eye, but this was like being stripped and intimately examined just by the power of his smouldering gaze. I could feel my nipples stiffening as his eyes raked over me. And that quick change top of mine certainly shows it when they're erect. So I knew he could see me getting visibly turned on. I could also hear his dizzy girlfriend in the cubicle two-down, giving him a running commentary on the dress she was just trying on. It's so tight, she was wailing. Hmm, it's a little on the revealing side too, I think. While she droned on outside, Adonis and I exchanged looks. I couldn't help it. My flirting instinct had been activated and I was starting to pout. I gave him a little shrug and a smile, one that I hoped said, ah, Shame about you, girlfriend, because I'd like to fuck you right here, right now on the floor of this changing room. Then I disappeared neatly inside the cubicle, drawing the curtain too behind me. Only I didn't draw it totally closed. Without checking, I must have left a little gap by accident, because when I pulled my top off over my head and unwrapped the wraparound skirt, I heard the low noise of a man clearing his throat. I pretended to ignore it and allowed myself to stand there, gloriously half-naked, sorting through the pile of clothes hangers while I selected a dress to try on. If the curtain was a little bit open and that guy sitting outside happened to be looking in, I imagine he would have seen a feast of me my lacy underwear. But the trouble with that underwear is that it does tend to ride up. One has to keep adjusting it, pushing one's tits together a little, to get them comfortably cradled in the brassiere, tugging at the shorts to make sure they're properly covering one's derriere, perhaps giving a little jiggle to help everything fall into place. After that little performance, I couldn't help stealing a look in the mirror to see what Adonis was up to. As I suspected, he was peering hungrily into my cubicle, while clutching his lap with one hand. I could tell he had a monstrous erection growing, and it gave me a nice little thrill to know I'd caused it. To tease him, I then took a dress of its hanger and stepped into it, pulling it up to cover my assets under a layer of black silk. It was a tailored dress. Short, with a Chinese collar and a deep, plunging neckline, and a long zip that went from my arse to the nape of my neck. Unfortunately, it was a tricky one to do up, and I realised I would need to call for help. This.